All right, we're concluding, like we said, the, uh, the noise series that we've been in for the past several weeks. And we've looked at this definition of noise every week to talk about, when we talk about noise, what are we, talk, what are we talking about? So look at, uh, on your note sheet um, and pull that out and look on the screen with me. Noise is this. Noise is an unwanted sound that is loud, unpleasant, and interferes with hearing. So noise isn't something that we go seeking after. It's not something that we oftentimes like. Noise is actually something in our life that is keeping us from hearing what might be most important. And that question we've been looking at is this, is that because of all the noise in our life, because of all the busyness, all the distractions, all the different things going on, could it be that we're actually missing out on listening to and hearing what might be most important? And I think that's the case because I know I struggle with that. Because see, sometimes God will speak to us in a way that, that just is loud and we can't, we can't miss it. But other times God speaks to us in a whisper. We look at the story of Elijah. And, and so we need to be willing to say, okay, well, how do I turn down the noise in my life to make sure that I'm not missing out on the most important voice I need to hear? And so we said, why is it so important to turn, turn down the noise? Well, because God's speaking to us. And in week one, if you weren't here, go back and listen to that message because we talked about the different ways that God speaks to you and God speaks to me because God speaks, not necessarily in an audible voice, but God speaks to us because he wants us to know him. He wants us to follow him. And then we began talking last week, well, what are some of the things that we need to turn down? And last week we talked about the noise of busyness, how that sometimes the busyness of our life actually keeps us from being able to hear the voice of God. And we talked about how do we turn down the busyness? How do we turn down and tone down the craziness of our life so we can create space to listen to God? Well, today I want to talk to you about another distraction. It's the distraction that comes from disobedience. It's how not living our lives the way God has called us to and created us to, how that can actually hinder us and distract us from hearing the voice of God in our life. And so I want to talk to you about that today. You know, there's a lot of different voices that compete for our time and our attention, right? You know, maybe you've been in a restaurant and you're trying to have a conversation and the, the table next to you, you end up listening to their conversation more than your conversation, Right? Or maybe you're on the phone and you're, you're talking to somebody and you're trying to listen to what they're saying to you, but the person on their phone overhears on speaker and they're talking even, they're talking even more loudly and you're trying to hear what they're saying, but you're trying to hear what you want to say. And it's like there's competing voices for, for our time and our attention. Well, Jesus talks to us about how important it is to make sure that with all these competing voices that we're listening to the right voice. Because listen, sometimes if I'm in a restaurant and, and I'm trying to have a conversation and, and, and there's competing voices and I maybe miss some of the things that that person I'm listening to is saying, it might not be a big deal. But there are other times where if I can't hear what the person's saying to me, it's not going to help me out very much. That what they're telling me is so important that that competing voice around me is keeping me from hearing something that I really need to hear. And Jesus says that we need to make sure in our lives that we're listening to the right voice. Look with me on your note sheet. John chapter 10, verse three through six. Jesus says this, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep will follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. 
Since Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees, the religious leaders in his day, did not understand what he was telling them. So Jesus uses this illustration of a shepherd and sheep to illustrate the importance of listening to the right voice. There's two voices he talks about. He talks about, number one, the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of the shepherd is the one who, who, whose voice is the, is the one that cares for the sheep. And it says that the sheep follow the shepherd's voice. And the shepherd is the one who leads them into blessing, that leads them into safety, that cares for them. But there's also a voice that can come along that's the voice of a stranger. And that stranger's voice would often be one that would want to take them away from the shepherd, that would want to steal the sheep, that would want to lead them away. And Jesus says it's important that we understand that in our life there are conflicting voices. And that there's a voice of a shepherd, one who cares about us, one who wants to lead us into the best kind of life. He wants to protect us and wants to guide us. But then there's also voices that come along that want to lead us away from the shepherd. Well, who's the shepherd in our life? Well, Jesus is the the shepherd. God's word is the voice of that shepherd. And when we listen to God's voice in our life, we listen to God's word in our life, that his word, his voice will lead us into the best kind of life we can live, that will lead us into the right kind of life. Well, if God is the shepherd, well, who's the stranger? What's the voice that leads us away? Well, the main voice that leads us away is that voice of sin, temptation, and disobedience. It's those desires that come up in our life to do things and to satisfy desires and to satisfy wants that we know God doesn't want us to do, but it's the voice that wants to lead us away. And why it's so important that we understand the right voice is this, write this down, is because listening to the right voice is key to living a right life. That learning to listen to the right voice is key to living a right life. And if we listen to the voice of the shepherd, if we listen to God's voice, then God will lead us to the right kind of life, the right way to live. But if we listen to sin, to temptation, to our sinful and natural desires that go against God, those, that voice will actually lead us away from the shepherd. And so we need to make sure, according to Jesus, that we learn to listen to the right voice. Well, what is the thing that might distract us from that? What could maybe distract us from hearing that right voice? Well, if, if you have your note sheet, look with me, Hebrews chapter three. If not, turn your, turn your Bible there, Hebrews chapter three. The writer of Hebrews talks about one of the things that can get into our life and actually keep us from hearing and listening to the right voice. And it's, he wants to talk to us about the, the danger of disobedience, the danger of sin, the danger that happens when we choose to ignore the voice of God, the great shepherd, and we turn and we listen to the other voice in our life, that competing voice. And they talk to us about really how that will result and what kind of life will come when we choose to listen to the wrong voice. And he talks to us about the importance of learning to listen to the right voice. So look at Hebrews chapter three, starting in verse seven. Here's what he says. He says, that is why the Holy Spirit says today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. There your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw many miracles for 40 years. 
So I was angry with them. And I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. So the writer says here, listen, when you hear the voice of the Lord, when God speaks to you, we talked about that the very first week, right? He doesn't say if God speaks. He says when God speaks. So when God speaks, you have the choice. Am I going to listen and follow his voice or am I going to listen and follow the sinful voice? I'm going to listen and follow uh, another voice, a competing voice in my life. And, And he says, listen, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. What does he mean by hardening our hearts? Well, to harden our heart means to ignore God's voice and to choose to follow the voice of sin and disobedience. To harden our hearts means that we reject and rebel what God wants from us and we go a different direction. And he says that the danger is that when we harden our hearts, we, we, we don't listen to God. We don't follow God. We can't live the right life because that disobedience in our life is keeping us from hearing and following and doing what God wants for us to do. And that's the danger that can come with disobedience. Write this down. Is that the danger of living a life of sin, of of disobedience to God, is that disobedience can distract us from hearing that right voice in our life. That disobedience can distract us from hearing and from following that right voice, the voice of God in our life. And he says, listen, we need to be, be careful because these competing voices can lead us astray. And when we choose to reject God's wisdom, God's truth, God's commands, God's voice, and we choose to listen to the voice of sin or temptation or to follow our earthly desires, then the the danger is it distracts us from hearing what's most important. And Jesus says that we have to hear and listen to the right voice if we want to live a right life. So what do we do to turn down the noise of disobedience? What do we do to battle this distraction that comes from the sin in our life. Well, the writer of Hebrews shares five things with us in this passage. And I want to talk to you about those real quick this morning. Five ways that we can deal with the distraction of disobedience. Five ways where we can choose to recognize that that God is leading us this way. And so often we're following this way and the danger that comes when we choose to do that. So write these down with us. What do we need to do to make sure we're not following the wrong voice in our life. The first one is this, is we need to recognize our disobedience. We need to recognize our disobedience. We need to recognize the sinfulness in our lives. Look at Hebrews chapter three, verse 12. The writer says, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. The writer says that we need to make sure, we need to do some self-analysis. Is that we need to, to, to do a self-checkup and we need to say, is there sin in my life? Is there disobedience in my life? Am I choosing a pattern of doing the opposite of what God would want for me? Those, are those sins in my life, you know, and what are they? That we need to be aware and recognize our own disobedience. Look at Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. It says, blessed is the one who always trembles before God, but whoever hardens their heart falls into trouble. 
that if we choose to fall into disobedience, if we choose to have our hearts become hard, it's going to lead us into trouble. It's going to lead us into some difficult times and difficult situations. And so the writer says that we need to be aware of and we need to recognize our sinfulness. Now, I think it's interesting because here's what he says. He says that we need to make sure that our own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Because listen, if you're like me, it's really easy to find the unbelieving and evilness of somebody else's heart, right? Like it's easy to look at somebody else and say, oh, this is where they're disobedient. This is where they're sinful. But it's harder to take that look at our own life, right? Because so often we've excused things in our life for so long that we don't even call them sin anymore. But the writer says that we need to be honest and recognize our own disobedience. We need to be like David in, this, in, in the Psalms, in Psalm 139, where he prayed this prayer. He said, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. David said, God, search my heart. Take a look at my life. Reveal to me any disobedience, any sinfulness, any times where I'm ignoring the right voice and I'm choosing to follow the wrong voice. Let me see and recognize my own sinfulness. Because if we're going to turn down the noise of disobedience, we first have to acknowledge and recognize our disobedience. Where is it where we're choosing to disobey God? Here's a question. When was the last time you allowed God to do some deep soul searching in you? When was the last time that you were praying that prayer that David prayed? Where you said, God, I'm, I'm open. Point out anything in me. That's not right. So we need to begin by recognizing our own disobedience. And part of that is, is the second part, that we need to not just recognize our own disobedience, but we need to realize the consequences of our disobedience. We need to realize that when we disobey God, there are going to be consequences. Look at what um, he says, Hebrews 3, 10 through 11. Uh, it says, so I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. So in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Well, here, here's what the writer's talking about. He, he's primarily writing to Jewish Christians. And so they would have an understanding of what happened in the nation of Israel at this time that he's talking about. So he's talking back to the time in the life of the Hebrew people, the Israelite people, where God delivered them from slavery in Egypt and was, was wanting to lead them into the promised land. This land that he was going to give them to be their home. And that would be the place where he would make them into this great nation. But what happened was, was that between the, 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 the rescue from slavery and his journey to the promised land, the people chose disobedience. And the consequence of their disobedience was, was that none of those who were alive at that time in that generation were actually going to get to see the promised land. And so God had them wander in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation had passed away before he then brought the next generation into the promised land because their sinfulness had a consequence. And we need to recognize that, listen, our sin, our disobedience right? It comes with a consequence. And see, so often we play kind of the no harm, no foul game when it comes to sin. 
We, we developed this, this idea of, well, if it's not really hurting anybody and it's not really affecting me in a bad way, then, then it's not that big a deal. But every sin, every act of disobedience, it has a consequence. And just because that consequence might not be physical doesn't mean there's not a spiritual consequence. Just because that consequence might not be immediate doesn't mean that there's not going to be a consequence. There is always a consequence to our disobedience. And write these down. There are really two, two major consequences. One is that without Jesus, like without Jesus, without putting our faith and trust in Jesus, without a relationship with God through him, our disobedience separates us from God. It separates us from God. That our disobedience creates a barrier between us and God that we cannot overcome on our own. And that separation is here on earth and continues into eternity. That is what disobedience does. It cuts us off from God. Look at Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. The prophet says this, Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. That See, without Jesus, because of our disobedience, we are separated from God. There is no hope in ourselves without God. There is no relationship with God. There's no eternity with God. Our sin separates us from God. Our disobedience keeps us away from the God who created us. That's a major consequence. But the good news of God is that he sent Jesus and that Jesus has come and he lived a perfect life, died a sacrificial death, and God raised him from the grave after three days so that, that that separation can be bridged by salvation. That if we would put our faith and trust in him, if we would embrace Jesus into our life, then that separation goes away and we can be made right again. So see, sin, disobedience, without Christ, separates us from God. With Christ, we're brought back to him. But sin still has a consequence, even for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Because with Christ, the, our, our sin and disobedience doesn't separate us, but here's what it does. It creates a sense of distance between us and God. And that's the consequence of choosing to live a sinful life as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. Is it, it hinders our closeness with God. It creates a sense of distance. Look at, look at this um, with me. Hebrews 2.1 says, So we must listen very carefully to the truth that we've heard, or we may drift away from it. See, we, we, we get a sense of distance. And there's like something in between us and God. It's kind of like this. If you've been in a relationship with somebody, maybe a friendship or siblings or a marriage or something like that, and, and something happened, you know, one person did something to the other that they didn't like or made the other person mad or there was this kind of just this, this tension that developed or something like that. It doesn't always mean, right, that the relationship doesn't exist anymore, but there's a lack of closeness in that relationship, Right? I mean, listen, we, we all recognize the reality that we can be married and have really no intimacy in relationship with our spouse. And see, what happens is, is that the relationship hasn't gone away, but the closeness has gone away. There's a sense of distance in the relationship. Why? Because there's been a wrong that's been done. And that same thing can happen when we choose to live a life of sin as a follower of Jesus. 
is if we're not loving God by living for him, it's going to feel distant. There's going to be a feeling where we don't feel as close to God as we used to. But see, here's the reality. God's not the one that went anywhere. We're the one that drifted away. And sometimes in those moments, God will use that silence that we feel to try to get our attention. Have you ever felt like God just isn't speaking to you anymore? Like you're, you're reading scripture and you're coming to church, and you're doing the stuff, and it just feels like God's silent in your life? Well, sometimes God uses silence to let us know that he's not happy with our disobedience. Look, look at this verse. <clears throat> Amos chapter eight, verse 11 says, the time is surely coming, says the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread or water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. See, God told his people, he said, listen, that you've chosen to live a disobedient life. You've chosen to reject my voice and follow the competing voice of sin that you've, you've done that. And listen, I'm still your God. You're still my people, but I'm going to be silent for a while. I'm going to send a famine, but not a famine of physical food. I'm going to send a spiritual famine for a while because I want you to understand that you can't live for me and embrace sin and think that's going to be okay. And it could be that when God seems silent in our life, when we're pursuing God, we're asking God to speak and we're not hearing anything, it could be that God's trying to let us know that there's some disobedience, there's some sin that we need to deal with. Because God cannot bless sin. He will not bless sin. And God doesn't remain silent forever. But see, God wants you and he wants me to recognize that there are consequences to our disobedience. And sometimes he'll use silence to let us know, hey, we need to go back to recognizing and praying that prayer because God, is there something that's not right in me? That's hindering, that's creating a sense of distance between us. And so the writer says, listen, if you want to listen to the right voice, if you don't want disobedience to distract you from hearing the voice of God, you need to, number one, recognize. You need to recognize your disobedience. Number two, you need to realize that that disobedience, it has a consequence. And when God reveals to you what that sin is and you recognize that sin, the third thing is this, is that you need to repent of that sin. You need to repent of that sin. Look at verse 10 of Hebrews 3. It says, so I was angry with them and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse to do what I tell them. This is God talking to his people. And he's saying, listen, that when you are listening to God and you're following him, right? When you choose to listen to the competing voice of sin, of temptation, of disobedience, and you follow that, you turn away from God and you begin going in the opposite direction. You begin creating that distance between you and him and your relationship. And he says that, listen, when my people, that they've turned away from me and they're now listening over here. It's as if you're having that conversation with that person and you're trying to listen, but then you're trying to listen as you're doing this and walking away. It's really hard to hear what they're saying, right? And so what he says is, is that the Bible says that if we're walking away from God, if we're going the opposite direction, the response is to repent, to change our mind, to turn around and turn back to God. And when we turn back to God, then we're positioned once again to begin to follow him. 
And so if we recognize our sin, we realize the consequences that that's causing in our life, the thing we need to do, we need to repent. We need to deal with that sin. Acknowledge that sin, confess that sin, apologize to God for turning away from him and then turn back to following him. Well, what happens when we repent? We'll look at Acts chapter three, verse 19. It says, now repent of your sins and turn to God that your sins may be wiped away. See, God is a God of forgiveness. He's a God of another chance. He's a God of a new day. And so no matter how many times we feel like we've got to turn back to God, every time we confess our sins and we repent, God is willing to accept us and embrace us and lead us to a better, right life. But we've got to be willing to turn. And when we confess, when we repent, when we turn, God says, okay, listen, that is no longer between us anymore. That it's done. It's over with. It's gone. I'll let it go. You let it go. Because I don't want you held back by your previous mistakes. We need to repent. So here's a question this morning. Do you need to repent of disobedience? Is God revealing to you, listen, there's some stuff in your life that it's leading you away from me. And you might not realize the consequences of it and it might not be this immediate thing, but you recognize that, listen, that's not right. Will you turn, will you repent? And then once we turn and repent, here's the fourth thing. We need to then renew our commitment to listen to God. That once we recognize our sin, we realize the consequences and then we repent and we turn back to God, we need to renew our commitment to then listen to his voice and not be distracted by the competing voice of sin in our life again. And that's not a one-time commitment. It's a daily commitment. Look at verse 13 of Hebrews 3. The writer says, you must warn each other every day while it's still today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Listen, we need to daily make the commitment to listen to God. We talked about this last week. We talked about creating the, the, the right kind of pattern in our life to, to schedule our spiritual growth, to schedule how we grow in our relationship with God. We talked about how we need to devote daily, give daily time to God, we need to worship weekly, have a day set aside where we worship collectively together and we serve, that we need to connect with other believers consistently, that we need to serve strategically, that when we make time for all those things, it keeps us focused in the direction of listening to God and, and we're renewing our commitment to Listen to him. Listen, when you repent and you turn from that sin, you're saying to God, God, I don't want to turn back and then have to repent again. So what do I need to do to change my thinking so I don't fall into that same trap that I just came out of? And the writer of Hebrews says, listen, this is an everyday thing. He says, listen, warn others and warn yourselves so we don't fall back into the same trap. What does that look like? When Proverbs 2, 1 through 8, the writer of Proverbs talks about seeking God's truth, seeking to listen to God and and what that looks like. Look at this with me. He says, my child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God. 
For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He's a shield to those who's walk, who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. So listen, that when we renew this commitment, it's an active commitment. It's one where we are seeking after the word of God. It's one where we're pursuing the word of God. We're valuing the voice of God like we would value and go after treasure. It's something that we just don't sit back and say, okay, I'm gonna repent and then I'll just kind of hang out and if God decides to speak to me, I might listen. No, it's saying, listen, I'm committing to this. I'm making time for this. I'm scheduling this in my daily calendar, my weekly, my weekly rhythms, right? This is what I'm doing. And if we want to listen to the voice of God to lead us to the right life through listening to the right voice is that when we recognize our sin and we realize the consequences and then we repent and turn back to God, we have to renew our commitment to now listen to what he's saying to us. And here's the last thing is that then when we listen to what he's saying, we have to then respond to God with obedience. We have to decide to respond to God with obedience. We've got to say, okay, what got me in the position I was in was that either I wasn't listening to God or I was listening to God, but I wasn't responding with obedience. And look what the Hebrews writer says in verse 14. It says, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Christ. He says, listen, that our faithfulness is what results in God's blessings. Our faithfulness is what unlocks God's promise in our life. Our faithfulness is what reveals to us and, and, and leads us to the purpose that God has for our life. Listen, our faithfulness makes a difference. God is a God of grace. God is a God of mercy. He's a God of love, but he's also a God that demands our faithfulness because our faithfulness will lead us to the right way of living, to the way where God can bless us the most, to the way where we can, we can find the fulfillment and satisfaction of what God has for us. Listen, that we need to respond then to God's voice with obedience. Jesus says, listen, there, there's a practical reality and result when we not only listen to God, but we do what God tells us. Look at Matthew 7, 24 through 25. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. See, when we not only listen to God's word, but we are faithful to do what God has told us to do. God strengthens our life. He builds up our life. He blesses our life. He protects our life. He leads us down the path of a right life. So here's the question. Has God spoken to you? Has God told you something? Has he revealed to you something that you know you're supposed to do, but you've yet to respond with obedience? The danger is, is that in your and my choosing to not respond to obedience, that we begin to then harden our hearts and turn away from God. See, disobedience, sinfulness in our life, it can distract us from hearing the right voice. 
It can distract us from hearing that right voice. And that right voice, the voice of God in our life is what will lead us to the right life. And so here's the takeaway. Here's the last, the question I want to leave you with today. It's this. Is disobedience distracting you from listening to that right voice? Is disobedience distracting you from listening to that right voice? Is God calling you today to recognize your disobedience? To call sin for what it is, a sin. To not make an excuse for it, but to own it. To not blame somebody else for it, but to say, that's my responsibility. I'm the one that can choose how I'll respond to whatever situation. And to say, this is sin. And then to realize there's consequences to my actions. And so I don't want those anymore. I want to repent. I want to turn. And when I turn, I want to renew my commitment to God to say, God, I don't want to drift away anymore. God, I don't want to go the opposite direction. God, I want to follow you as my great shepherd. And then God, when you speak to me, God, I want to respond with obedience. And could it be that the life that you're wanting to live, that life of purpose and fullness and meaning and satisfaction, that life where you don't have to look back and regret what happened or didn't happen, that life where you don't have to sit there and think, hey, am I doing the right thing? Because I'm locked in to know what that right thing is, that life that, that is following and is moving and is going somewhere beyond just kind of living this you know, day-to-day reality. If that's the life that you want to live, and I believe it is, I believe we're all seeking after that. That's the right life. That's the the full life, the abundant life. And it's only gonna happen when you choose to listen to the right voice. So do you need to turn down the noise of disobedience and the distraction of disobedience today? And if so, how is God calling you to respond? Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for your word. Again today, God, how your word is your voice to us. God, how your word, God, reveals to us the right way to live and leads us to the right kind of life. And God, I know that in my life, God, it's easy to get distracted and to allow sin and disobedience to keep me from hearing you and really following you. And so God, this morning, if we need to recognize our own disobedience, will you help us to do that? If we need to realize in a fresh way the consequences of our sin and disobedience, would you do that? God, if we need to repent today, would you give us the courage to turn back to you? God, would you give us the strength to renew our commitment to listen and God would you give us the power to respond with obedience God this is your time do in us God what you desire with your head bowed and your eyes closed I want to just lead you in a response today We're gonna sing a song together uh, that just proclaims once again, God, that your spirit is here and we're inviting you to work in our life. 
but what do you need to do today to respond to the distraction of disobedience? It could be you need to recognize that sin. Ask God to search you, to know you, to reveal anything in you that's not pleasing to him. It could be that you need to just realize, hey, there's a consequence to disobedience. It might be today that you need to repent. Maybe you need to come to the front and just kneel before God and say, God, I, just, I need your help today. Maybe you need to identify what that sin is. Maybe it's that renewed commitment to listen or the prayer of asking God to give you the power to respond. Whatever it is today that God is leading you to do, I pray you'd respond. It might be that you need to accept Christ and become a follower of his for the very first time. To say to God that you admit your sin, that you believe in Jesus and you're committing your life to him today, that he'll forgive your sin and he'll make you new. If you need to move to the front to pray, do that. If you need to go to one of the stations on the walls near the lamp and just write out a prayer, write out a confession, write out uh, an asking of God to help you listen more intently, would you do that? If you need to stand and sing, do that. If you need to stand or sit in silence, do that. This time is yours to respond to God. Let him have his way.